It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast as we talk real estate and we do that of course every week multiple times around the UAE and it's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts from. It is another Saturday morning sort of rolled around pretty fast. Uh, Yes, the weekend, it has arrived and the 17th day for February for 2024. We're well and truly, aren't we, into 2024 now. Now, Dubai real estate agents this past week, now they were given a very tight deadline to remove unavailable properties from online listings and failure to comply was going to result in fines and uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment because it is the Saturday morning property market update. It's the Saturday morning property market update. Join us for a deep dive into the world of real estate on the Dubai Property Podcast. Yes, we've got a little bit to talk about and joining us on this Saturday morning as usual, we have Michael Doyle, Raunak Thacker and also Mario Volpe who are all here keen to share their wisdom with you about the Dubai property market because there is always something to talk about, you know, something to to ponder on, to mull over, discuss around the water cooler at work or perhaps over a meal overlooking Dubai Marina. Now, I want to make a mention of an Arabian business article this week reporting sales volumes of over $21 billion for January and February. However, there seems to be a little bit of a shift back to high returning investment like apartments in Dubai Marina, downtown JVC, as opposed to spacious villas. Now, what are you seeing there, Michael? I think that's a comment for you this morning. Uh, yeah, 100%. I seen that article. Uh, if I didn't have the data in front of me, I would not have came to the same conclusion, actually, uh, as the demand for spacious villas is still carrying forward from Q4 of 2023, it seems, in my experience anyway. I uh, personally sold a villa in Jumeirah Park this month for the highest price ever recorded in that district by a long shot, and, and I'm still having inquiries on that unit. So um, the article sta- states this change represents a projected growth of around 21% for this quarter, meaning that these, of course, are additional buyers or new people entering the market, which is not surprising. And what seems to be driving the shift is uh, strong confidence that prices are pegged to rise by a further at least 5 to 7% this year and rents along with them, which, of course, is attracting a lot of investors, as it should. Uh, with all that said, the market did slow down slightly in February, uh, following a blazing January, and we do expect it to kind of plateau a little bit more as we, as we enter Ramadan in March. Yeah, it's kind of a funny old uh, January start, isn't it? I mean, because it was so hot in terms of of the market and these sales that were taking place. I don't. I'm not sure if we were expecting all of that to unfold. Yeah, well, I mean, the end of 2023, obviously, we had a lot of reports on, uh, you know, about the success of Dubai internationally. You know, a lot of people, they want to start the year with uh, with an investment uh, internationally and they want to kind of get going, get into the market. So it's not really surprising that we've seen such an influx uh, given last year's success and then given the, the kind of forecast for the price increases later this year as well. So uh, let's hope it continues. 
Yes, everybody's going to be hoping for that. And on Tuesday, Mario, we were talking about just in terms of that sentiment, that positivity, because we also touched on Saudi Arabia and you said, well, Saudi Arabia isn't quite where Dubai is. And I see that residential real estate transactions in Saudi Arabia dropped by 16% in 2023. That is due to soaring home prices and rising uh, interest rates. There was a 7% increase in rehab, transactions driven by economic growth. And of course, what's happening now is this is prompting the government with these initiatives in Saudi to, to boost demand through infrastructure projects. So you were spot on with what you were saying on Tuesday. Well, that wasn't planned, um, I can assure you. But uh, all I know is that Saudi really uh, looks at Dubai and and sees it as big competition. And of course, Saudi has a much larger population. And so going forward, it, it should also be a success story. But I think they're looking to run before they can walk. The dream of perhaps overtaking whatever the UAE or Dubai has, has done or is doing is probably a bit of a distant uh, goal for them, uh, but they continue to go for it. The, the, the real issue here uh, as well is that the young Saudis are shunning home ownership. And I suppose then you've got to look at the expats and the expats are just seeing, as you said, that the prices are going up. So they're preferring to rent. So that, that's taking a bit of uh, a toll on, on the numbers. Now, of course, what happens over there could potentially also happen in Dubai. So my only sort of word of caution is that whilst we talk about house prices in Dubai also going up, there has to be a leveling off at some stage. Well, I mentioned that the Dubai Land Department, now they ordered real estate agents to remove all fake property listings online. Raunak, you saw that. You wouldn't have any fake property listings online, would you? (laughs) Absolutely not, Craig. So uh, Dubai's real estate market has actually been facing this issue a lot, this fake online listings. Um, It has happened to me so many times where I've actually called agents and they've told me this property is not available Sometimes I've actually seen like different pictures and when I've gone to the apartment is something completely different. Uh, so Rera has actually taken steps to address them. Initially, they started with actually um, three listings per agency. So it's uh, just one property can be listed with three agencies. And then later on, they actually introduced the Turkizi permit, which we have, I think we've spoken about. It's that QR code, which is available on all listings. It uh, enables user to like the scan that thing, uh, scan the QR code and find if the property is still available. Now, Dubai real estate agents have been given three days to remove all these listings. And uh, Rera has actually issued a fine of 50,000 to 30 real estate agencies. And it's just to ensure like fairness and for both the buyers and the renters in the market. Yeah, and it's it's a subject that we have spoken about before. You've raised the, the red flag, Mario, over this, and it's quite frustrating. When Raunak talks about fake listings, to me the word fake means it's not real, as in it doesn't exist and and therefore it has to be that you know the public has to be protected. And the advertising of properties that are real do exist, people want to sell them. But regrettably, for whatever reason at all, and it's massively frustrating, do not work with their agents in order to give the proper paperwork means that agents have to come across in a slightly more creative way. 
So when a property is put online, it is always real. At least it is here at Axe Capital. It's always real. Now, obviously, we sell it or sometimes it, it, it comes off the market. But what seems to be happening is that we're not allowed to properly advertise certain properties which are real and are available. So what agents seem to do is they keep advertising legitimate properties where they have paperwork that may be sold in order to then tell the people who will phone about these properties about the other ones that for whatever reason they don't have the proper paperwork because the owners don't give the proper paperwork. doesn't make the listing fake. And so I'm a little bit frustrated about this. If, the, if, if it's not real and you're just trying to generate leads for leads sake, then I'm 100% behind the land department RERA. But RERA has to do something about the owners who don't play ball with agents. You know, they give us all these criteria that we have to meet in order to actually advertise properties. They need to get hold of the actual owners and say, if you are going to sell your property, you have to do X, Y, Z. And if you do not adhere to that, you cannot sell your property. And that is why there are so many listings online that when the person rings up, that particular one potentially is not available because it's been sold, but agents have hundreds of other listings that they can tell the actual clients about. So it's not perfect, but we need to do something else because mm. this, this doesn't work for me and I hate what we call pocket listings. Yeah, I can sort of hear the frustration, Mario, creeping into your voice. Right, let's talk about off-plan in Dubai's real estate market continuing to grow with more projects being announced and more investors. It looks like they're seizing their moment, particularly first-time off-plan investors who perhaps have seen the confidence in off-plan property. But when these properties do actually finally materialise, it's not as simple as here's your keys and good luck. And Michael, you have conducted inspections for several units this week that you sold over a year ago. So what did you find out? Absolutely, Craig. You know, I've really noticed the stigma, for want of a better word, start to fizzle away uh, with regard to off-plan investment in Dubai. Uh, Off-plan investment, of course, represents a massive proportion of monthly transactions. Uh, However, the reforms and regulations imposed on developers in recent years have really started to pay off in the retail market. Having said that, you do need to be on top of your game with an off-plan investment. I did conduct inspections for five units I sold last year that are now approaching handover, and we did have a very long snag list for each apartment. You know, things like uneven wall plastering, damage to walls and door frames, and even faulty appliances in some cases. I mean, look, when you build a tower of 350 to 400 apartments, there will be some issues to address prior to handover. However, if you do not flag these during the inspection, you will not have it repaired prior to handover, and you cannot complain at that point. So very important to go through everything with a fine tooth comb. My advice would be to bring your broker with you for these, as they typically have conducted quite a few inspections and will more than likely catch something you may have missed. Yeah, okay. And uh, talking of towers, let's go to you, Raunak, because there's a tower in JLT that went up for auction. Tell us about this one. Uh, This tower is called Al-Sakran Tower. The construction started at 2005 and the construction was like 30% done. I was just cancelled in 2008. 
And finally, now the project actually went up for auctions three weeks ago, and the base price was set for 110 million. And what's even more interesting is that not a single bid was placed until the 8th of Feb, which was the closing date of the auction. And then every possible bidder sprung into action. And at one point, there was like 130 bids placed. Uh, so project was initially sold for 210 million. And the winner of the bid has not been identified yet. It just goes to show that like the original minimum bid price, which was 110, actually caught investors and developers' eye. There's a significant demand to buy off all these distressed projects in the market and in locations such as like JLT or Dubai Marina. At current rates, um, it would have been much higher. Okay, all right. So it's a lot of money, whichever way you look at it. And it's no secret that Dubai's real estate industry attracts a lot of new real estate talent internationally, all, of course, hoping to come to Dubai and make their fortune as brokers in the market. And we mentioned this before, what a tough industry it is to succeed in. Michael, you had a comment to make regarding the volume of new brokers affecting the market itself in terms of the the price hikes that we're seeing. So what's happening? Yes, I completely agree with your sentiment that it's a really tough industry, Craig, uh, like we mentioned before, and not for everybody, but it is open to anybody, as you also alluded to. It has to remind you sometimes of, you know, the American dream, as it were, where you, where you pack your bags and head off to New York or Los Angeles to, to make your fortune. And it's a beautiful thing, and it's exactly what I've done. However, what I will say, the kind of push we are seeing from brokerages for these sheer numbers in terms of brokers on a kind of quantity over quality premise, uh, in my opinion, is starting to have a ripple effect on pricing in the market. For smaller brokerages in particular who do not have a large presence in the market, the, the number one metric to focus on is listings. And this leads to inexperienced brokers doing or saying absolutely anything to you know, convince the seller to allow them to list their property, even if that means agreeing to a price that is double the market value. And of course, the neighbor sees that inflated price and now it's feasible to sell his units. So he also asked double the market value and so on. Uh, it's human nature, Craig, to ignore the 20, 30 listings at market value and, and fixate on the one or two at a price that you know we could only dream of as a seller. And before long, you've quite a gap between the true market value of a unit and uh, you know the, the, the transfer price. All right then, fellas. Well, nice to get all of those comments in today on the Saturday morning property market update. Michael, have yourself a fantastic weekend. Thank you, Craig. You too, and to the listeners. Yeah, happy weekend to all the listeners. See you soon. Happy weekend, Craig, and speak to you soon. What to buy, where to live, and things to avoid every week on the Dubai Property Podcast. You used to live in Australia, and I was just saying to you before we started, this is something that you wouldn't have been able to do in Australia and say, well, let's go to Saudi for the weekend. Oh, absolutely. The one thing I really miss from uh, when I was living in Brussels is that you could go for the weekend to Istanbul, to Berlin, to Paris. And so now from Dubai, it's really, really great location to go traveling just for weekend trips. So I'm going to Riyadh this weekend, flying out on Friday night, coming back on Sunday night. It's a one hour flight. I think the culture is going to be completely different uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.